right, so what do, um, what do fortune cookies, horoscopes, and political polling all have in common? They help you, they pretend to predict the future, right? They try to predict the future. I think um, fortune cookies are one of our favorites. I was going to pick up some last night, but we got all hung up. And um, so instead, I thought I'd show you a few. You will go on a date with a beautiful woman. She could do so much better. I mean, let's face it. If you pull that out of the cookie and you're a guy, you're kind of bummed. You're like, yeah, but oh, the second part. What about, the, what about this? Is, when you open a fortune cookie, does it accurately tell you the future? If it seems fates are against you today, they probably are. <laughs> I'm like, who comes up with this stuff? What do you think? If you get a fortune cookie and read it, is it going to get it right? Some of you read horoscopes, I bet. And you think, wow, they often get it right because they write them so generically that like, it's bound to sort of happen. Um, what about this one? I think this one actually is correct. I cannot help you, for I am just a cookie. <laughs> I cannot help you, for I am just a cookie. All right, so we're not going to open up a bunch of fortune cookies today. But can you actually predict the future? And I would argue that you can. And I believe scripture shows you in rough form how. And it all hangs on this one idea that we'll build on as you go, which is this, that you, in your life, will reap what you sow. And so I want to talk about the rule. I want to talk about the rule that breaks the rule. And then we want to close with the question. And this seems a little silly, right? Predicting the future feels kind of funny. But I want you to think pretty deeply about, as deep as you can go today, I want you to think about how this idea of reaping and sowing applies nationally, applies in families, might apply in your friendships at school applies with your relationship to the Lord, right? It's a really multi-leveled idea. And so may the Lord bless the preaching of, reading of his word. Uh, Galatians is where we're at. Let me just lower this one more time. I'll be reading from 6, 6 to 10, and then we'll have one last sermon on Galatians next week. And then following that, we're going to go through Isaiah 40, the comfort of God's coming, and lead up to a celebration of Christmas. Let the one who is taught the word uh, share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will, uh, will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the rule is simple. You reap what you sow. Now, I want to clarify predicting the future. So over the years, Jamie and I have joked about how we've never, ever, ever once correctly predicted five years ahead. We, we've not, we haven't gotten it right in terms of where we live, what we'd be doing. I'm not talking about the details of your life. Nobody can predict the details of their life. 
What I am talking about is that you can predict the consequences of your actions. Does that make sense, that distinction? And you probably know that in your gut. I, you know, we're not going to fortune tellers here to find out if you're gonna have you know, a certain thing happen. But you can accurately predict the consequences of your actions, which means that in some practical way, you can look into the future and see what will happen. So it begins on this verse seven. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. This is true because God has made it so. That's why it says in the beginning, you know, don't be deceived. Hey, don't be tricked. Don't be led away. God is not mocked, which also means you can't fool God. God's not fooled in any way. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. If you sow truth in your marriage, you will reap intimacy and closeness. If you sow hatred in your friendships, you will reap division and violence. Because God has set this law in order. It's true physically. All right, what are these? Kids, anyone, can anyone tell me what this kind of seed, it's not a stack of pancakes, even though it's really big, it's a seed. What kind of seed is it, Connor? He's going sunflower seed, survey says, you are right. Wait, no you're not, I forgot. It's a pumpkin seed. I thought I put sunflowers in, but I put pumpkins in. I thought, you know, you carved a pumpkin. What about this, what is this? Some of you might eat these for dinner every once in a while. I was shocked to find out they're actually seeds. Shows you what I know. In the back there. No, you. But the, this is corn. These are corn seeds. What about last one? What are these? Let me think. What do we got here? Julia? Apples? What do you think? I tricked you, Karina, do you know what they are? This is tricky. Well, I mean, I think they're green. You were gonna second the apples? It's close, it's pears. Yeah, I would say close enough too. If I plant this seed in my backyard, can I grow corn? No. Why not? Because you reap what you sow. If I plant the corn seed, can I grow a pear tree? Why not? Because you reap what you sow. That seed can only grow one thing. The same dynamic is true in our lives is what Paul is saying. The seed of the flesh only grows corruption and the seed of the spirit only grows eternal life because what you reap is what you sow now verse 8 paul says right and he really just talks about two seeds here and you've got the spirit do you remember we talked about sexual Idolatry, sorcery, he talked 
verse. And Paul is saying, the Bible is saying, when we sow to the flesh, when we sow in that direction of the selfishness of our lives, we only reap corruption. And corruption is an interesting word. It can mean full-scale destruction. It was also the word that meant abortion in the Greek language. It also meant just decay and the sowing in your life, you're going to see erosion and decay. Destruction. Those who plow iniquity, that's a word that means sin, and sow trouble, what do they reap? They reap the same. Because what you sow is what you reap. Solomon echoes this in Proverbs. Whoever sows injustice, will they reap fortune and prosperity? It seems so sometimes, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like people who sow wickedness and they cheat and they lie that they get ahead in life? Jeremiah said, why do the wicked prosper? He felt like this law of reaping and sowing was being violated. And the Lord says, no, no, no. Ultimately, everyone reaps what they sow. There may be times when it looks like they're gaming God's system, but they're not. And you might be sucked into wanting that because you see other people seem to reap good things when they sow bad things at work or in school or this or that. Whoever sows injustice is going to reap calamity. And the rod of his fury will fail, which means ultimately justice will prevail because God oversees all of this. Now, I'd like to do um, a brief interview. Uh, no one is prepared for this, but I wonder if I could beg Mr. White to come down here for a minute. I want to ask you a few questions about how do you make sure your, your fields actually grow a harvest. Can, can we, because I want to, we're not agricultural for the most part, but Frank understands reaping and sowing because he actually does it. And there are some interesting things. Do you mind coming down here and being live on camera? You don't have the right to Frank's image if you're online. You can't take screenshots of this. Frank is a good-natured man. So I had a feeling he might say yes, but I was prepared if you weren't up for it. Frank, real briefly, here's, here's the question, right? What does it take to successfully harvest a crop? Well, what are just some basic things you have to do? You have to have a uh, seed bed. You have to plant the seed. You have to cultivate it to keep the weeds out, and then you have to have rain and sunlight and so much time, and there it is. Is this something you could do quickly, spur of the moment? Could you just wake up one day and be like, I'm just going to sow the seed and let it rip? No. no. Why not? Uh, Help takes, us understand. We don't know. It takes time. Everything involves time. Okay. You have to plan things based on the weather. And, uh, it, it just takes time. You have to plan. What does cultivating mean? I don't quite know, actually. It's kill weeds. Okay. To um, kill out the weed seed around the uh, crop you're trying to plant. You clear that field out. Yeah, you kill weeds amongst the, the plant you're trying to grow. Okay. From start to finish, from the day you decide I'm going to begin this work to the day you harvest it, pick a crop. How long? Four. Okay. Um, from the day you decide you're going to plant it? Yeah. Um, 
180 days, 200 days. All right, thank you. So what do we know? It takes time for the crop to grow, right? He said 180, 200 days. So does Mr. White wake up and just start throwing seed wherever he wants in his backyard and hopes that gets the trick done? Is that his approach to sowing and reaping? No, right? Sowing means there's an intentional, regular focus on the work. Okay? So Paul is not saying if you occasionally sin, you're doomed to corruption. If you sow, he's saying if it is the regular, intentional practice of your life, to go after your flesh and your selfishness, then you're gonna reap corruption. Okay, so I wanna be clear on what sowing kind of means in this context. Now on the flip side, it says the one who sows to the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Now this is gonna take us to the rule that breaks the rule, because here's the problem. We're taught in the Bible, and we see it everywhere, that we're born with a sinful heart, that we wake up in the morning and we're born out of the womb with selfish desires. We want to protect us. We want to get ahead. We want to have money. We want to have a great family. We want our kids to be rock stars, right? We want all these things. We want to retire. It's like it's all me, 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 me. And so that's all just versions of the flesh, sowing to the flesh. The flesh isn't always like, I'm going to go out and murder someone, right? It can just look like I'm going to live a selfish life and acquire as much money as I can and be happy with it. So how do people who are born flesh sowers ever sow to the spirit? How do we ever get to be spirit sowers if we're born flesh sowers and if you can only reap what you sow? How do you break the rule? How do you actually reap eternal life? Because there's the rule that breaks the rule. The rule that breaks the rule, C.S. Lewis calls it the deeper magic, is that by faith in Jesus, I reap what he sows. And he reaped what I sowed. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're reminded that he reaped wrath and death even though he sowed peace and righteousness. You can only have the Holy Spirit and sow to the Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel is the rule that breaks the rule. Otherwise, you can only reap what you sow and you're only capable of sowing seeds of the flesh. So if you're here with us, right, and you haven't received Christ, this is always step one. One of Jesus' closest followers wrote this about him. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So now he's taking all that we sowed, right, and he's bearing it. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And now we're reaping the resurrection. We're reaping forgiveness. We're reaping righteousness that isn't ours. And it's, it's available to you by faith. So if you're like, well, how do I get out of this cycle of just living for myself? I've tried in different ways. The Bible says there's one way. Psalm 126.5, 
hints at this reversal and it says, those who sow in tears. Do you know how this verse ends? Have you ever heard this verse? Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. There's echoes of the reversal coming in the Psalms. Tears means I'm sorry for my sins, the wretchedness that I, the hurt I incur on other people. And when I come to Jesus Christ in those tears, I reap all that he's done with joy. By his wounds, you and you and you and you and all of you who have faith in Christ, by his wounds, you have been healed. If you haven't been healed, this is how you get healed. You confess to Jesus that you've spent a life of sowing for yourself. And what you sow now in tears, you'll reap with joy. We're going to bring this gradually to a close here. I usually try to move it along a little bit more on these Sundays because we have so many kids in the room. So kids, what are you sowing with your life? Think about it, kids. I'm calling anyone under 20 a kid right now. What are you sowing with your life? Is it all about you and your candy and your toys and your video games and your grades and your friends? Or are you sowing to the Spirit? Are you thinking about what's the Lord's will for my life? And we finish in this service. There's some toys in that corner, aren't there? How do you sow to the spirit when you're playing with the toys in the back corner or when you're outside having fun? Do you hoard them and take them and throw them at people? Or do you say, go ahead, you can play with the Legos. It's your turn with the Spin Jitsu Ninjagos. It starts as simple as that, kids. It looks like you loving each other. And as we grow, it doesn't get a whole lot more complex. It just feels more challenging because we're confronted on many fronts. But the same dynamic applies. And here's the thing. You're going to get tired of sowing to the Spirit. So we started to gather food. Or hopefully we started to gather food. We did. Jamie's not anything. And um, think about this. You go to Aldi's, you're going to buy an extra can of corn. Another box of mashed potatoes. You've got a baby and they're starting to cry. You've got a three-year-old and they're strapped to your leg. You forget about it. You come back out to the parking lot. Will it be tiring for you to go back into Aldi's with the kids breaking down and wanting to go home and do good for someone and buy an extra can of corn? Will that be wearying? Go ahead, Mom. You cannot. Yes, it will be wearying. It will absolutely be wearying. That's a tiny example, right? Verses 9 and 10. Let's read them. Let us not grow weary of doing good, which is very similar idea to sowing to the Spirit here. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Paul knows you're going to get tired. You're going to feel weary. And he's just saying, press on to it. Press on to it. Where are you going to get your strength from? We get your strength from the Lord. There's a great verse where he, Paul writes elsewhere in 2 Corinthians God will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So God doesn't call you to burn out, to flame out. You can't do it all. You've got to serve within your limits. When you're weary, restore right now. Communion with the Lord. 
Come hungry and ready. Trust the Lord to be your strength so that you can persevere. And as verse 10 says, so then as we have opportunity, right, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. We do give extra love to each other. And that's a good thing. There are privileges and blessings of being part of a church community, or there should be, and that's one of them. So in closing, here you go. You can now predict your future. You know the rule. You will reap what you sow. You know the rule that breaks the rule. By faith in Jesus, I can reap what he has sown. And then the question is what exactly are you selling? Let's close in prayer. And Roddy's going to come up and lead us in a time of shared prayer together and some other portions of this service. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would let us be men, women, children who sow to the Spirit, who say, Thy will be done. Lord, in my home, with my spouse, with my friends, in my community as a citizen of this nation, but Lord, first and foremost, as a citizen of your kingdom. Lord, fill us with your strength that we might continue on the days when we're weary and tired. In your name we pray, amen.